Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. We started last week, as I shared with you, I began to seek to know the heart of the Father. Because to me, the Lord, as I grew up and for many years, was my punisher. Because I grew up in a denomination that taught punishment, that if you didn't dot every I, cross every T, you were in trouble. And that there were just different degrees of, you know, there was one sin. If you died with that sin, you went to hell. And if you died with this sin, you went to purgatory. And, if you, and it was mind-boggling. And I was, a, I was a spiritual mess, to be honest with you. Religion nearly destroyed me. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I, when you've heard the proverbial, afraid of your own shadow. I was afraid of my own shadow. That's how much fear I had. And... I'll share more with you later, but I mean, I was probably one of the most insecure people I have personally ever known. And nobody knows you like you know you as far as human beings go. And so can I tell you, I'm not insecure anymore. And so, but I give all the credit to the Lord. And last week we looked at Jehovah Raha, the Lord, our shepherd. And so if you didn't listen to that on podcast, summitsa.com. Just click on media and scroll down to the chosen app. It's, it will be on podcast or you can rewatch the live stream. But I really encourage you to know the heart of the father is to be your shepherd, not to be the thief. He said, I am the good shepherd. And we saw that the shepherd of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, not a shepherd, not the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That shepherd is Jesus. Because the heart of the Father is revealed in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to share with you today a scripture that literally transformed my life. We haven't gotten to it yet. But today, we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha. Now remember, the name Jehovah means the self-existent one who reveals himself. So every time you see Jehovah, he is revealing himself as that name. And Malachi 3.6 says, I change not. So if he's not still who he says he is, he's going to have to change his name. He is still the God who changes not, the Lord our shepherd, Jehovah Raha. He is still the God who changes not, the Lord our healer. And I, I guarantee you I will prove that to you today. But it's not my responsibility, it's yours to ask the Lord to give you revelation. If you were here in our spring Bible studies, we had a whole session on Rhema, the revealed uh, promise, the revealed will of God. What is that? It's when you're reading the scripture and all of a sudden, the proverbial, it jumped out at me. What are you saying? It spoke personally to me. I'll give you an example I was thinking about uh, on the way here. Many of you know who Casey Treat is. He's pastor of church in, in Seattle, Washington. And he, in his early life, before he gave his heart to Christ, he was a severe IV drug abuser. Well, if you know anything about hepatitis C, you know that it can be silent for many years. And then all of a sudden, one day, pow, you're sick. 
And that's what happened to him. So from his early days of drug abuse, he developed hepatitis C. So I think when he was in his 50s or 60s, something like that, all of a sudden the symptoms manifested. And he got a rhema word, a revelation word from Proverbs, I think, is it 18, 6 or 7? I don't remember, but it's in the Amplified Classic. And it says this, part of it says this, he who does not use all of his endeavors to heal himself is a brother to him who commits suicide. Because Casey didn't want to take the treatment. It was interferon, which is a very harsh, hard, difficult drug. And he didn't want to do it, but he wasn't getting well. And so, but he received revelation that he who does not use all of his endeavors to heal himself is a brother to him who commits suicide. And it was revealed to him to take the treatment. And he did, and he got well. I mean, the Lord does work through medicine. Sometimes, sometimes not. My sister took every drug in the book. And she's with the Lord. Didn't work. None of it. None of it worked. Nothing. Not the chemo, not the immunotherapy, not the hormone blockers, not the bone strengtheners, you name it. None of it worked. So, but the Lord does work through medicine at times. He works through, thank God, for doctors. But you're going to see today that he's the Lord, our physician. And he's the top dog. So we ought to ask him the route we are to take and not just do the cookie cutter. Let's do what everybody does. He loves us that much that he custom designs our programs. And I love that about him. And we saw that in the scripture, whether it was take a fig poultice and put it on the boil that's going to kill you if you don't, or go wash seven times in the Jordan River to heal your leprosy, or I'm going to spit in the mud and put it on your blind eyes and get your, my DNA in your eyes so that you can see, or touch the, the tallit, the wings of my garment. He uses different means. And we need to ask him about that. It's called wisdom. But anyway, back to Casey. However, I want to say it's Proverbs 18, 7 and 9. Proverbs 18, 9. Thank you. In the Amplified Classic. However, if you read that scripture in context, it's not at all talking about physical healing. It's talking about your finances and work. It's talking about the man who refuses to work is not using all of his endeavors to heal his financial crisis. But to Casey, because the word is alive, it was rhema to him and gave him direction. So I just want you to see that. Because the word of God is alive and powerful, Hebrews 4.12. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is able to divide asunder your soul and spirit, your joints and marrow, and discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. So wouldn't you want the very avenue that, that knows all about you and reads everything about you to be the one to tell you what to do where your physical healing is concerned? He's my source. Now, we know from John 10, 30 that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So the heart of the Father is revealed in the person of Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Old covenant, new covenant. He is our shepherd. He is my shepherd. And he is good. 
And in the book of Hebrews, he's called the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. So today we're going to see how Jehovah Rapha is Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that everybody that needs healing today will receive it in Jesus' name. The knowledge of God is seen in the person of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one, capital O-N-E, is the one who has shown in our hearts, are you ready, to give the light of the knowledge of God as it is clearly revealed in the face of Jesus. The light of knowing God is revealed in the face of Jesus. So everything Jesus did, it's the heart of the Father. That's why you need to get to know him. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. Just as you receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have to receive him as your healer. The same way you received him as your Lord and Savior, receive him as your healer. My dad... His desire was to be a medical doctor, an MD. My dad went to medical school, but World War II broke out. And in those days, I know a lot of your daddies were in the same situation. You were drafted. You didn't have a choice. You didn't get to volunteer. Hey, I'll go to war. You had to go to war. No choice. How many of you have daddies that were fought in World War II? So a number of you. And so, I don't remember how many years World War II lasted. Anybody, historian buff, knows how many years World War II lasted? Four years? So, he fought for four years. He was in Japan, and, and I don't know where else. I don't remember. I wish he were still alive so I could ask him for more stories. I'd appreciate it a lot more now. And when he got out of the war, he had no money. <laughs> I mean, he was broke. And so he wanted to go back to medical school and finish. He had very little time left. And so he contacted his uncle, who was a senator in another country, and who was very, very wealthy. And he asked his uncle, could you just loan me the money to finish medical school, and I will pay you back when I get out, and the uncle wouldn't do it. And, you know, it's really sad when we view God as tight-fisted, like so many people are. But the truth is, in Psalm 145 says, he opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. So he doesn't close his fist like people do. He opens his hand. And so a military officer who knew my dad from the war came to my dad. My dad's name was Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. And he said, Ellis, I... There's a position open in the United States Air Force. And he said, and it's so close to being a doctor. In fact, you will teach doctors. And it was a position of an aerospace physiologist. What an aerospace physiologist does is study the effects of space on your physiology, on the human body. So I had a fairly tremendous background learning as a child because my father made me attend his classes. My father taught astronauts. The space program began. The first astronaut in space was Alan Shepard in 1961 is when NASA launched their first rocket into space that was indwelt by a human being. 
My father worked with NASA. I watched him take astronauts through the altitude chamber. I watched him divers. I sat in his classes as he trained pilots and flight surgeons. I learned about spatial disorientation and the four types of hypoxia. How many of you know what that is? See? You. Thank you, Kim. One person. But my father never got his dream fulfilled of being an MD, although he loved medicine. Got married and got pregnant. My mother got pregnant right away with me, and he just finished an illustrious 30-year career in the United States Air Force. And there's one thing I learned as I watched people, and that is this. Most human beings own disease. And I'm telling you, if you're ever going to be well, you have to disown disease. And you have to see it for what it is. An enemy of the cross. Jesus took stripes on his back before he ever paid the price for sin to heal our diseases. Does that mean you'll never get a disease? No, I can't promise you that, but I can promise you, and you'll see it today. But if you will take daily medicine, you're going to see a result in your physical body. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. So, how do you own disease? Well, I hear it all the time. My arthritis. And I'm telling you, you ever say that to me, you're going to get corrected. If that means you hate me, well, I love you. My arthritis, and I'll say, well, it's not yours. Do you want to keep it? My allergies. How many times have you heard someone say my allergies? All the time. I bet most of you have said it. You go to the store, the checker, oh, it's sorry, it's my allergies. No, you're sick. You just breathe all over me. I've heard people say, I've heard doctors say, you're cancer. Now, I respect doctors the utmost, but I'm telling you, I'd correct that. I'd say, well, you know what? I don't want it. It's not mine. God didn't give it to me. If God didn't give it to you, it's not yours. My depression. Well, you're going to stay depressed. I know. Listen, I know I'm stepping on toes. But if I do nothing else today but slay your sacred cow, I'll be a happy lady. I'm just telling you what I've learned. Stop owning disease. Stop owning sickness. My cold. I've heard people say, my, my heart attack. Let's own healing. You want to be healthy? You got to own it. You got to start saying health runs in my family. No, my grandparents, my parents didn't have it. My grandparents didn't have it. My great-grandparents didn't have it. But you know what? I'm a new line. I'm following the sign of the cross. I asked the Lord one day for a sign. I need a healing in my body. I asked him for a sign, and I heard the sign of the cross. And I don't mean this either. I'm talking about the cross. That's your greatest evidence right there. Jesus came to redeem the whole man. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says we're three parts. Now may the God of peace sanctify you whole. And may your whole spirit, 
soul and body be preserved complete and without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, spiritual order is not body, soul, and spirit. And the majority of Christians will say body, soul, and spirit. No, that's wrong. Spirit, your spirit is to rule your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, which is to control your body. Several weeks ago, it was actually last brunch. It was on a Monday. I woke up. I had the most horrific sore throat. And I'm telling you right now, I didn't go, oh, my sore throat. Oh, I feel so bad. No. I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You will not own me. And it left really quickly, and I did have laryngitis. But I didn't quit talking. Because it's my voice, not my laryngitis. I said, devil, you're not going to have my voice. I had a friend text me. She said, oh, no, this is what you do. Yeah, it is, and I'm not stopping. He will not silence my voice. Did you know your voice is not silenced even when you're in heaven? Seeing, Hebrews 12, 1, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You don't stop talking just because you're in heaven. So Jesus redeemed the whole man. Righteousness for our nature, peace for our soul, mind, will, and emotions, and health for our body. That's the redemption. Now, the first thing you need to do is if you've been owning disease is renounce it. The word renounce means to disown. So the first thing you need to do is I renounce this arthritis or I renounce this degeneration, whatever it is, and stand on it. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Oh, what is that? We'll go to Ephesians 6 and read about it yourself. I can't put it on for you. Now, there's something in the Bible called the law, 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 law of first mention. The law of first mention. And what the law of first mention says is when something is mentioned for the first time in Scripture, it follows that thread throughout Scripture for the most part. There are very few exceptions. The first time the law of first mention is ever mentioned in Scripture is in Exodus 15. And let's start with verse 23. The children of Israel, they were in the wilderness. They were parched. They were thirsty. They were crying out for water as we all would. And they came to Mara. Mara means bitter. They came to Mara. But they could not drink its water because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara, bitter. The people grew discontented and they grumbled at Moses and they said, what are we going to drink? And he cried to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a tree. Now the tree represented the cross. Well, how do you know that? Galatians 3.14. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Speaking of Jesus. Well, I want you to see the Bible will interpret the Bible if you let it, if you study it. And he threw the tree into the water, and the water became sweet. The answer for all of your bitter water is the cross of Jesus Christ, where the debt for your wholeness was paid. And then the Lord made a statute and an ordinance, and there he tested them, and he said, if you will diligently listen and pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to his commandments and keep foremost in your thoughts and actively obey all of his precepts and statutes, then, are you ready? I will not put on you 
any of the diseases which I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. First mention, I am Rapha. Look it up yourself. Everything I tell you today, I have studied the Hebrew. I have studied the Greek. I have gone to the primitive roots. I've done the work for you. But I still encourage you to do it. So the first time the Lord, Jehovah, is ever named the Lord who heals is in Exodus 15. And you're going to see that throughout the Old Testament. But first, I want to share with you something I've learned that has honestly changed my course. Now, Rapha means to heal, to mend by stitching, to cause to heal. It means physician, it means repair, and it means to make whole. So if you need something in your life stitched today, maybe your thoughts are all disjointed and disgruntled and cluttered. You need them stitched. Jehovah Rapha. You need something mended in your body. Jehovah Rapha. Something healed. Jehovah Rapha. You need a great physician. Maybe the doctors have said there's nothing else we can do. With all my being, I desperately tried to testify to my sister. But she was in so much pain, she couldn't hear. But the Lord, he is our physician. And he repairs us and he makes us whole. But we have to believe. He's not a God with a, a baseball bat. That's how I grew up. He had a baseball bat. And every time I did something wrong, I was going to strike out. It took me year, years to break that warped mindset. Well, how do you know if you have it? Well, I can tell you that is an easy question to answer, and I'm so glad you asked. Because if anything bad happens, the first thing you want to know is, what did I do wrong? Listen, if you did something wrong, you'll know it. Did your children, if you have children, did your children ever come to you and say, Mommy or Daddy, what did I do wrong? And you said, well, I'm not going to tell you. I just sent you to your room and I grounded you for a month, but I'm not going to tell you what you did wrong. How many of you ever did that? Nobody. And yet we think our father will do that. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He is our counselor. He is our comforter. He is our helper. And he came to convict the world of sin of righteousness. The word of God is our corrector, our trainer, our instructor. Why would he withhold? If you did something wrong, you'll know it. You don't have to beg. But maybe this happened to you because you're doing something right. And the Lord just wants to take you out. I can tell you right now, if you're harboring unforgiveness and grudges, I would strongly suggest you deal with it. Why? Is it God withholding from you? Or is that just an obstacle to your healing? It's an obstacle. See, when I ask you a question, I'm going to answer it for you. <laughs> but here is what has really changed the course of my life. Because I saw God with the baseball bat. I read this. And when I read it, it was like, poop. The Lord is not an I won't God. He is an I will God. Not an I won't and I will now, I'm going to prove that to you. I'm just going to read in succession quite a few scriptures. So, 
follow me. This is not in your book. A man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man and said, I will be clean. That's Matthew 8, 2 and 3. What did he say? I won't. I will. Matthew 8, 5 and 7. Jesus came, went to Capernaum, which was his hometown. And a centurion came up to him and he begged him. And he said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible and tormenting pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. John 14, 13 and 14. Jesus speaking. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. This will I do, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And I will, Lord. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But you've got to receive this in faith. If you're wavering, if you've got two minds, you're double-minded, well, maybe that's not what it says. I just read it to you. What do you mean that's not what it says? If you know it's in the will of God, how do you know it's in the will of God? Oh, here we go again. If Jesus did it, it's in the will of God. Because Jesus revealed the heart of the Father, plain and simple, Bible 101. Get your toxic religion out of you. John 16, 23 and 24. And that day you will not need to ask me anything. I assure you most solemnly I tell you whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've not asked the Father for anything in my name, but now ask and keep on asking and you will receive that your joy may be full. See, Jesus wants us to be full of joy. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, if two believers on earth agree... About anything they may ask, and it will be done by my Father in heaven. How many times do you have to see, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will? Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Because you set your love upon me, therefore I will save you. I will set you securely on high because you know my name. You'll call upon me. I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue you and honor you with a long life. I will satisfy you. I will let you see my salvation. Seven I wills. Not I won't. There's no I won't. What about I will never leave you or forsake you? Luke 18, 7 and 8 about the persistent widow. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistent faith on the earth? And that's what he's looking for. People that will not give up. People that will take now for an answer, not no for an answer, within the will of God. Oh, Lord, should I leave the man I'm married to and married Mr. Hunka Hunka? No. It has to be revealed. It has to be revealed. I shouldn't have to say that, but I do. Because I've literally had people ask me dumb questions like that. If it's in the book as a promise, it's the will of God. And you probably wonder, why did I bring this big? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Oh, where was I? Here I am. Okay. 
So those are some of the I wills, but there are many more. I'm here to show you again that Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, the physician, the one who will stitch you and repair you, is revealed in Jesus Christ. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. And I will also remove sickness from your midst. I think that's pretty strong. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Now, that is very clear what the will of God is right there. Deuteronomy 7, 15. And by the way, this is Old Covenant. The New Covenant has better promises. I don't know about you, but I read this. this, And actually, the first time I ever received this promise, my oldest daughter, Kelly, had mono, and she was really sick. And I mean, all night long, I was getting up, going up the stairs, because she had such a high fever. And um, we did have cell phones, but not like today. And so... I'm just trying to remember. I just know she'd call me in the middle of the night all night. i go running up the stairs and, you know, give her Motrin and get a cold rag and pray over her and do what Jesus did and rebuke the fever. And I'm, I was exhausted. And I remember I was running down the stairs and I hit the bottom of the stair. And the minute my foot hit that bottom, I heard this promise. I will remove sickness from the midst of you. Has that ever been challenged? <laughs> You're darn right. But I'm telling you, you can't own it. You have to own the covenant. And I will, and I do. Deuteronomy 7:15. The Lord will take away from you all sickness. He will not subject all sickness, all sickness, all sickness. He will not subject you to any of the harmful diseases of Egypt. God calls disease harmful, not a blessing. I have heard so many believers go, well, if this is what the Lord wants. Well, so you just said that Daddy God, Father God, is a father who wants you sick. You know, there's a name for parents that want to make their children sick. What is it? Munchauser syndrome? By proxy. Because you make them sick so that you can be the hero. That is a sickness. That is a mental disorder. And yet we say that about the Lord? I'm here today to help you renew your mind. And you're going to have to go over this more than once, let me promise you. I can tell you that right now. Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore health to you and I will heal your wounds. That word heal is Rapha. Jeremiah 15, 18 through 19. This is why a lot of people don't get healed. Why is my, my pain perpetual? My wound incurable, refusing to be healed. That word healed is Rapha. Why is my wound refusing? Why is my wound refusing? Well, you're going to get an answer from the Lord. Jeremiah continues. Will you indeed be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail and are uncertain? Therefore, thus says the Lord. If you return, here you go, and give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair, I will again give you a settled place of quiet and safety, and you will be my minister. And if you separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your own heart from an unworthy and unwarranted suspicions concerning my faithfulness, you will be my mouthpiece. Why do a lot of people not get healed? Because you do not believe 
that God will be faithful in whatever you're going through. Cleansing your own heart. Who has to do that? You and me. Now, this is the scripture that I am standing on with all of my strength. It is the scripture that really, really allowed me. And by the way, in Jeremiah 15, I think I told you that refusing to be healed is refusing Rapha. But this scripture, it, it just opened my eyes in ways my eyes have never been opened. It's John 6, 38. This should answer the question for you about the will of God, the will of Jehovah Rapha. And here you go. For I, Jesus speaking, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven. What is the Lord's prayer? Your will be done on as it is in heaven. What was Jesus saying? I am he. I have brought heaven to earth. Now you do it. I have come down from heaven. He revealed his purpose. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Question. What did Jesus do while he was on earth? The majority of miracles were what? Healing. Healing. Deliverance from demonic oppression. Acts 10.38. How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. And healing all oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Healing is good. Being delivered from a demonic oppression is good. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Heaven came to earth in the person of Jesus, who revealed that the heart of the Father is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Now, I'm going to take this straight from the Bible. I mean from the book. And I'm just telling you something right now. My family has such a cycle of hypochondria. I've never seen so many hypochondriacs in my life. I haven't. They're, they're all in heaven now. But it was, I grew up watching relatives with, well, I think we just call them blood pressure cuffs today. But what was the medical term, DD, sphygmomanometer? And it wasn't the little automatic thing that you put on your wrist and digital. It was you had to put on a stethoscope and whatever. I forgot where it goes. Right. Where does it go? Up here? Okay. And, of course, my, my nurse daughter says that's the only accurate blood pressure, by the way, that those little things are totally inaccurate. I have no idea. But I grew up, I mean, blood, watching blood pressures being taken every hour, watching heart rate. You didn't have the little thing you put on your fingernail. Checking the pulse, counting the heartbeats, spending every, you know, once a week in the doctor's office. I'm going to show you in a moment, when you take the medicine of the Lord, it's going to take you a little bit of time. But I want to ask you a question. How long does it take from the time you leave your house, you go to the doctor's office, you drive there, you sit there, and you wait, and then you see them, and then you leave... And then you might have a lab slip or a scan slip. And then you, when you finally go home, how long does that take? A long time. So I'm going to read you starting on page 24 if you have a book. I'll show you Rafa. 
Psalm 103, 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget one of his benefits, who forgives every one of all of your iniquities, who heals, that word heal is Rapha, who heals the Lord our healer, every one of all of our diseases. And what does he say to do? Bless the Lord and don't forget. Is that so hard? You're commanding your soul, your mind, will, and emotions to bless the Lord. Not bless and exalt the disease and the sickness, but bless the Lord. Mind, I don't care what you're thinking. You will bless the Lord. Emotions, you might feel run over by an 18-wheeler, but you bless the Lord. And I'm using my will to bless the Lord. Because the Lord, you are a God of I will. I will forgive all your sins. I will heal all of your diseases. Psalm 107. He sent forth his word and heals them. Rapha. And rescues them from the pit and destruction. Jeremiah 8.22. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician? No Rapha there. If you're hurt and wounded, you need healing. The Lord is your healer, Rapha God. Matthew 4, 24. So the report of him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were sick and afflicted with various diseases, torments, under the power of demons and epileptics and paralyzed people, and he healed them. That Greek word is therapuo. What does that sound like, our English word? Therapy. He healed them, that word, Therapeutic means cure. He cured them. He didn't strike them out. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't kick them to the curb. He didn't ignore them. He healed them. Matthew 12, 15. Jesus went away from there. Many people joined and accompanied him, and he cured all of them. How many? All. Matthew 14, 14, 35, and 36. He went ashore, saw a great throng of people. He had compassion for them, and he cured them, Therapuo. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around into all the surrounding country, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him, let them merely touch the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched him were perfectly restored. Perfectly restored, that Greek word is diasozo. It has sozo in it. To bring safety through danger, to make whole and to thoroughly save. Jesus the heart of the Father. I don't know how you can deny this. I really don't. Matthew 15, 30. And a great multitude came to him, bringing with him the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. So this accompanies everything. And they put them down at their feet, and he cured them. Therapeutic. Why? He was Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Matthew 19, 2. And great throngs accompanied him, and he cured them. Mark 6, 56. And whenever he came into cities or countries, and they would lay the sick in the marketplaces and beg him that they might touch even the fringe of his outer garment. And as many as touched him were restored to health. The Greek word sozo, which means to save, to rescue, to heal, to be made whole, to bring you safely through destruction and brought into divine safety.
The umpire calls us safe. I have not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I came from heaven to earth to do the will of him who sent me. How can you deny it? I, I don't know how you can deny it, but if you want to, go ahead. He won't, he won't keep you from it. Luke 4.40, the set, now at the setting of the sun, all those who had any who were sick and with various diseases were brought to him. He laid hands upon every one of them and cured them. You know, if you watch the series, The Chosen, you went through all three seasons. There was one scene in season three where uh, somebody was brought to him and he refused to heal him. And they got more flack from that because in the Bible, Jesus never refused to heal anybody. Well, then why don't people get healed today? I don't know. I know some reasons. Like I said earlier, if you're harboring unforgiveness, it's not that God won't heal you. It's that he can't. Because <laughs> it blocks your prayers. You know, it's kind of like, how many of you, you go out to water your flowers? I have beautiful flowers in my yard. And in, in my back, I have this huge bed of impatience in every color. They're just gorgeous. But you go out to water, you've got your hose, and it's turned on full blast, and <laughs> nothing comes out. And you think, what on earth is going on? And guess what? There's a crimp in the hose. Who has to uncrimp it? Is it the hose's fault? Or is it the person operating the hose? That's one reason. I mean, another reason is unbelief. Another reason is grumbling. 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, New Testament. And they complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things were written as an example to us. So there are reasons, biblically, but I don't know all the reasons. I have no idea. Well, I have some ideas, but I'm certainly not all-inclusive. But it doesn't change the heart of the Father. That's all I want you to see. It doesn't change the heart of the Father. Jesus never refused to heal anybody. I'm reading you passage after passage where he healed every single person. He did an interview, Tiffany. Okay. Um, I have my red pen. Here, let me borrow your pen. So, you need healing today. And, all right, well... Let's go down the list. No, you don't. Don't leave me. So let's go down the list. All right. So have you had any bad attitudes today? Okay, check. <laughs> Are you harboring anything in your heart that you need to tell me about before? Okay, check. Okay, have you obeyed every single thing I've told you to do for the past 10 years? Sorry, I can't heal you. You know that's what we do, don't you? Oh, thanks. <laughs> do, do you see how ludicrous this is? It's ridiculous. He didn't do a checklist. He cured them. I read you scripture after scripture. Oh, where would I leave off? Luke 440. Okay, Luke 619. And all the multitude, all the multitude 
were seeking to touch him, for healing power was all the while going forth from him, and curing them and saving them from severe illnesses or calamities. Who? All the multitude. Luke 19, 11. When the crowds learned of him, they followed him, and he welcomed them, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed restoration to health. Jesus, the heart of the Father. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. There is no way, I wrote this, to deny the will and heart of the Father is to have a well people who will carry out his will on the earth. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. You know the Hebrew word he's born means to carry it away and remove it. Yet we considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our rebellion or transgressions. He was bruised. For our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful for us to obtain peace. We'll read about this again next week. Or in two weeks. And well-being fell upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And guess what the word healed is? Rapha. Look it up yourself. Don't believe me. I looked up every one of them. I spent hours doing this for you and for me. With his stripes we are healed and made whole. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, who came to fulfill the will of God from heaven to earth, who revealed the heart of the Father. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 that I just read you. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. We have the present tense, by his wounds you are healed. We have the past tense, he carried him away. And we have the way past, 1 Peter 2.24. All of you like sheep were going astray, but you've returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul. He himself bore your sins by whose stripes you were healed. And you've got to renew your mind to this. And that's just all there is to it. And so I'm going to show you my medicine right now. This is something, honestly, that the Lord instructed me to do. I think I'm on day nine. I'm going to keep doing it till he stops. If you want to be totally well, and, and those of you who are getting younger, I'll be 70 pretty soon. I don't feel it. I was uh, showing my, <laughs> I have a very witty grandson named Caleb, and sometimes he's too witty for my own good. And I uh, found all these pictures. I've been helping my mother get settled. And I found all these pictures of me as a little girl. And so um, some of them I was like eight and, and ten. And I always think it's fun to show the younger grandchildren a picture of me when I was really young and say, who is this? Because you know what a great compliment if they can say it's you. So I showed Adeline, who is eight, a picture of me when I was her age. I was eight. And I said, Adeline, do you know who this is? And you know what she said? It was the cutest thing. 
She said, is that you or mommy? That was so precious. Then I got another one, and I showed Caleb. And I said, uh, Caleb, who is this? He looked at me, he goes, you? I said, I was however old I was. And I said, um, isn't it amazing that I'm going to be 70 pretty soon? And he goes, well, Mimi, you don't look 70. I said, oh, honey, thank you so much. And he goes, you look 71. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not God, and you're not getting a Christmas birthday or any other present for the rest of your life. All right, back to this. So the Lord told me, you start taking your medicine. I want you to take it every day. You see all these tabs? As the Holy Spirit revealed to me, I would put a tab there. And I literally, every day during my prayer time, I'll go from tab to tab. And I will read it out loud. We'll do a few of them for you. The blood shall be a sign for me on the doorpost of the houses where I am. That when you see the blood, you will pass over and no affliction shall happen to me or my family to destroy us when you strike the land of Egypt. I will serve the Lord my God and he will bless my bread and water and he will also remove sickness from my midst. No one in my family will suffer miscarriage or be barren in my land. You will, I will, fulfill the number of your days. You will take away from us all sickness, and you will not subject us to any of the harmful diseases of Egypt, which I knew. You will impose them on those who hate us. I read most of these to you, but there's many I did not read to you. And one of my very favorite, this book is extremely heavy, people, and so is Psalm 30. One through three. Lord, I will exalt you and lift you on high. For you have lifted me on high above all my boasting, gloating enemies. You made me to triumph. O oh Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle and you healed me. You roughed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below. And now here I am, alive and well and fully restored. And I'll go through the whole, every place I have marked. And he almost adds daily. And then I go through the, the New Testament, all the promises he's given me. Until I'm done. And it takes at least 30 minutes. But I want to ask you again, how long do you spend at the doctor? How long do you spend taking your supplements? <laughs> Probably takes me 30 minutes just to take them. Finally found a product that has a lot of them in a, a green drink that is really excellent. I thought, oh God, I can't keep swallowing all these things. <laughs> Why do I do this? Because the Lord gave me revelation on Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son or my daughter, pay attention to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. That word life in the Hebrew means life as welfare and happiness in the king's presence. As consisting of earthly felicity, often combined with spiritual blessings. The word health to all your flesh means your physical body. It's not talking about when you go to heaven. And that word health, very powerful Hebrew word. It's throughout scripture. 
And it's the word marpe. A lot of you know what that means. And it means a cure or a remedy. So if the Bible says that the word is our cure, the word is our remedy, our marpe, don't you think you ought to take some medicine? How do you do that? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste? Can I look at a beautiful dinner and just, man, that tastes good, but I will not put it in my mouth. What do you have to do to know if it tastes good? Put it in your mouth. How do you taste and see the Lord is good? Put it in your mouth. But we are a bunch of lazy people. And we don't want to do it. And I'm just being honest with you. Now, as we get younger, the medical world will tell you as a fact, but not the truth. The truth is the word. That more things can happen. Don't you think you ought to get a head start? But now the young people, I'm only 20. Well, you know what? I know 20-year-olds that have died. As sad as that is, as tragic as that is. So I just want to encourage you. I don't know. I know there's well over 50 spoonfuls of medicine that I'm taking every day. I don't know how many. I, I didn't count. Maybe the Lord will just give you two. I have no idea. But I'm telling you, you better start taking your daily dose. Because a lot of the promises I read you, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God. And Jehovah, Raha, the Lord, our shepherd, says, my sheep hear, hear my voice. His word is life to me. And it is marpe. It is healing to all my flesh. And I think there's not a person in this room that doesn't need healing somewhere in their body at some time or another. So I just want to encourage you, do it God's way. Jesus said, I came from heaven to do the will of my Father. We know what the will of the Father is. He is the Lord who heals us. So I think we ought to respect him. If you need a miracle in your body today, I want you to stand up in the presence of the Lord who heals. I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you that you have not changed. You are, and I want to exalt you, Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord who heals. Thank you, Jesus. Your word is our therapeuo, our therapy our medicine. Lord, I just want to ask you to forgive us for being lazy. That we haven't kept your word in our mouth. Speaking it out. Allowing it to return to you. So that it will return to us as a revelation of health. Lord, I just ask you today to cause us to burn to literally burn with a desire to know your heart in its fullness and its power. You're our remedy. You're our medicine. You are the word of God. Lord, we exalt you for you have lifted us up. 
You have not let our foes, the foes of sickness and disease and weakness and pain and infirmity and affliction lord it over us. We declare Jesus is Lord over our physical bodies and over our minds and our emotions, Lord. Lord, I ask you, because you are who you say you are, to heal us from the inside out. And as Psalm 30 says, as we cry out for a miracle, you heal us. And now our testimony will be here we are, alive and well and fully restored. I pray for all of these dear ones, Lord, that the power of the resurrection, that he who raised Jesus from the dead will restore to life their mortal bodies through the Spirit of God within them. They will testify of your greatness. And Lord, give us the tenacity, the perseverance of the widow in Luke 18, that we will not stop until our full health and wholeness is revealed in our mortal bodies. And as the people in the New Testament We'll go out, we'll spread your frame abroad. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.